2: I got to tell
1: you,
2: I'm feeling stimulated this morning. It's Friday. Got to love it when it's a Friday. And I do. I don't know if Chris Corbett's going to be with us or not. He's getting ready uh, for a hearing. And uh, he says, I'm buried deep in pleading and the law this morning for a hearing at 9 a.m. So I'm assuming that means he's working hard. (laughs) you you got to get all your all your uh, T's crossed and I's dotted at that point at that point, and make sure you're all taken care of before you go stand in front of a judge. That's the way it works, just the, the way that it all works. So, and, and I just saw another text. He says, I'm sorry that I can't make it this morning. So you're going to have to wait until next week. And uh, Chris may be back with us. I won't be here next Friday. I won't be here next – it's coming Monday. I'll be on the road. Now, I will call in. I want to let you know about that, Steinbach. I'm going to be calling in just to check up on you on Monday.
1: Well, we'll see, uh, Dave, whether, as your chosen guest host, uh, I'm willing to take that call. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah i'll be uh i'll be at gettysburg uh, battlefield that day so i will give you a call just to uh, wonderful talk about what it's like to Tell stand out early did. in the morning yeah just stand out That's there right. early in the morning as the sun's coming up they say that it's one of the most haunted places in america so uh I don't know. Maybe well, we I
1: haven't heard the voices inside my head, but other than that, I believe
2: it. <laughs> that's the truth, isn't it? All right. Yeah, anyway, right. just so everybody knows, next week I'm gone. The Patriot tour leaves Saturday. Uh, a lot of you are going with me. We're going to have a great time. Uh, our first uh, day of spending, uh, you know, any time looking at things is going to be in Gettysburg. That will be early Monday morning. Just so you know. And I think Harper's Ferry is on the uh, agenda as well. And then we head to Amish territory. And I'm looking forward to that I'm around Lancaster we'll, where we'll be staying. So uh, on Monday, Robert will be in here being my uh, guest host. Uh, Tuesday, State Senator Kim Hammer will come in and sit in the studio and do the show. Wednesday, uh, the former Insurance Commissioner, State Representative, and uh, member of the Pulaski uh, County uh, Board. It's going to be Alan Kerr. And then Thursday, Ken Yang, Chairman of the Saline County Republican Party, will be in here filling for me. And Friday of next week, a week from today, yours truly, Mr. Steinbach, will be back. He gets two days two days he's done weeks before all right because you like him so much so i'm looking for it i gotta i gotta keep him at a week though because i want to be able to come back and have a job that's just <laughs> that's that's the way that's the way it works uh when i'm doing things with uh with steinbach how you doing this morning my man
1: I'm doing great, my friend, and, and thank you uh, sincerely for having me uh, sub in for you Monday and Friday. I look forward to it very much. But there is no replacing, and I mean this sincerely, there is no replacing Dave Ellswick. Uh, and of course, um, they wouldn't hire me, and I wouldn't accept an offer because we need Dave Ellswick on the air every day unless he's out doing a Patriot tour, which of course is what you're doing.
2: Yeah, yeah this is, this is going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Going to take People to Philadelphia. They'll get to go to Constitution Hall. They'll see Benjamin Franklin's grave. They'll see the original the the number you know, not a fake. The Liberty Bell. You'll get to stand within inches of it and look at it. It's amazing to to be in its presence. But to be in Constitution Hall is a really big deal. And then we're going to spend one day at a brand new museum in Philadelphia called the uh, Faith and Liberty Museum showing how Judeo Christianity affected the founding of America you know the left tries to tell everybody that uh, that wasn't a case and uh, that's a lie it was uh, that was a huge part of forming this nation so you get to see you're going to get to see a bunch of different you get to find out all about the uh, uh, the black brigade that's the preachers that stood behind uh, Washington uh, with their congregations and prayed for him while the men were out on the battlefield and helped him as much as they could uh, to to win freedom here in America so Get to see a lot of things and hear a lot of things that you don't hear and see very often. Just make it real honest. We're going to do uh, Sight and Sound, the original uh, Sight and Sound that they have in Branson that everybody here in the central Arkansas area goes and visits when they go up to Branson. And uh, it's David that they're doing a production of, so we're looking forward to that uh, as well. Let me start off with you about something we've been talking about here on my show Uh, basically since Wednesday. And that is the uh, mayor, Frank Scott, and his his having his own uh, security team. Uh, He is the only mayor ever in the history of Little Rock to have his own security team. And it's not cheap by a long shot. Since 2019, when he was uh, elected, until April of this year, which is the, uh, the latest uh, information we can get. we got to wait in another month and a half to get uh, the next quarter. But over that amount of time, Robert, this man has spent $1.6 million on personal uh, protection. Nobody else has that. Nobody else needed that but this this uh mayor did it's really amazing in an amazing story. I had no idea about it. He's got his own special s u v we can't find out about that because it's under the uh special investigation department and because so? of that you can't well if if it's in if it's there, it's not open to be FOIA'd. and so you can't uh, you can't find out anything birthday. about it.
1: We're going to have to look into
2: that. on my book. All right. Well, we'll try to figure that out. By the way, I had somebody who uh, is a big fan of yours on. uh, Jimmy Cavan was on on uh, Wednesday with a lot of this material. And he, he said everything he knows about FOIA came out of your book.
1: Let's hope it's a little bit more than a tiny bit.
2: <laughs> he, knows, he knows a lot. Let's just put it he this does. way. When, people sh- when he shows up at a meeting, people quake because he's got, he's got Dave, the goods it, on it, him. He's got the goods on him.
1: So. Dave, this uh, past year or so alone, I've probably helped three dozen or more individuals make FOIA requests and have government officials repeatedly tell them, oh, you can't get that, or you've got to write a big check for that. All make-believe. All total nonsense. And I help them initially behind the scenes, and then when they run into these bureau hack roadblocks, they copy me on the emails, and you know what I do? I write back and I say, uh, dear uh, local apparatchik, uh, you're wrong <laughs> as to the law. Uh, here's a copy of the section of my book that pertains to the issue. Please provide the information um, or consider yourself out of compliance with the Freedom of Information Act and know that if my client wants it, uh, I will represent him or her in court. And each and every time that I've done so, uh, that uh, bureau hack has... Complied with the law, demonstrating, demonstrating that they can and were required to do so from the get go. You
2: know, it's amazing to me that we still have this problem, Robert, of getting uh, low-level political types to yeah. to give the law its due. They don't they don't want to live by it because. They know that probably a lot of the stuff they do, they do by the seat of their pants, and it's not legal.
1: Well, indeed, this is the biggest problem with the Arkansas Freedom of Information Act is not the, the law, the act itself. It's not the judges that interpret it. It's not the attorney general that also interprets it on behalf of certain governmental agencies the biggest problem with the arkansas freedom of information act is no problem with the act at all it's a problem with compliance by unelected bureaucrats who literally say time and time again to members of the public because i've heard it well i don't have time to do that i've got to do my job and of course the response is that is your job yeah
2: that's part that, of <laughs> that's part of your
1: job dude do it that's right uh, 52 years ago Uh, Governor Rockefeller signed the Freedom of Information Act. That was his biggest accomplishment. He proudly uh, proclaimed, and correctly so. And 52 years later, we're still trying to make sure that every, every government bureau hack understands what their obligations are.
2: Well, the bottom line, the Freedom of Information Act was to bring transparency. It's to to air out the smoke-filled back rooms so you know what's really going on in your government, whether it be, you know, city uh, or local, state or federal. Correct?
1: That's correct.
2: All right. And it's worked for the most part. Although, as you're saying, and I agree, there's a lot of people that does everything that they can do to not comply, so because usually because they don't want the information that you're asking about to get out to the general public.
1: I think that's often the case, but I think there are two main reasons. One is they, they're trying to hide something. It may, only one in terms of numbering them, not in terms of amount necessarily. Two is uh, they're lazy or they are um, defiant. You know, like a child. Well, you, uh, who are you to ask this? And, of course, the answer is a member of the public employing the Freedom of Information Act. So sometimes they're trying to hide something. Sometimes they just don't want to do the work required to share the information that they're obligated to share.
2: Yeah, you know, they don't want us peons to be bothering them. You know, go back right. and eat your refried beans, so to speak. You know how that go
1: go home and leave us alone.
2: Yeah, that's the way that they do this. All right. We'll come back. We'll talk more about that. I want to talk about the president. They're saying that he has long term covid. And we'll talk about what that means and some of the leaks that are going on in Washington, D.C. I'll just let you know they're leaks. All right. I don't know if they're true. I don't know if they're false. I'll just tell you what they were saying in Washington, D.C. That's all coming up here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Robert Steinbach is my guest uh, host today. He, of course, is a law professor at the Bowen School of Law. His opinions are his and his alone, not necessarily those of the school of law or the university to which they belong. Don't forget about Hillcrest Designer Jewelry, 40 years and going strong. And Eric Coleman does a great job. Find your top designer brands at Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. They're right there in the cases as you walk in on your left and on your right. Check out all the uh, beautiful jewelry that he has. Take a look at it. Uh, He's got custom designs. He does the repairs for you. Uh, If you've got estate jewelry, you can bring it in. Eric looks at it. He'll, He'll appraise it for you. Uh, don't forget about uh, wedding bands or engagement rings. Uh, he'll take care of making those for you, or you can buy one that's already made right there uh, being displayed for you. And he'll save you money, t- about 20% under any of the other jewelry stores in the city. Then hold on to that 20%, and after you're married, use it when you go on your honeymoon. Uh, and just know that Eric believes in taking care of his customers and he loves jewelry you want to see some stones you ask eric to show you some of the free stones that he's got he'll show you diamonds and emeralds and rubies and amethysts and all the great stones that are out there you'll be i am telling you it takes your breath away when he starts showing you stuff and and i'm a big uh, emerald guy you show me emeralds and I sit there and just go gaga over that stuff. He's at 3000 Cavanaugh Boulevard in Sweet E. And, uh, you know, stop by, visit with him a little bit, get to know him, let him get to know you. And... Uh You'll find you'll strike up a friendship, and when you need some jewelry, you'll go right to him. Monday through Saturday, he's open 10 to 6. If you want to set up an appointment where you sit down with him and talk to something that he, you want to do as a custom design, give him a ring, 501 246 Thirty-six fifty-five. that's hillcrest designer jewelry we continue robert steinbach is with me my guest through the whole show today he's going to be with us until 10 o'clock we got a lot to talk about we've got a lot of ground to cover let me have you cover something for the listeners because they may not have heard the story what turned you on to wanting to be the man dealing with foia
1: Uh, It's a really interesting question, Dave. Thank you. So a couple of things. One is a colleague of mine, uh, Rick Peltz, now Rick Peltz-Steele, he got married, uh, was the co-author with a faculty member up in Fayetteville of the treatise, of the main book on the Freedom of Information Act. And he had left Arkansas, or was leaving, or just left, was in the process uh and needed someone wanted someone to take over the book the the fellow from uh, uh Fayetteville had also had retired and moved to Texas so there was no one on the book actually in arkansas practicing arkansas law uh and uh, one was retired and the other moving to massachusetts with no uh, interest in keeping arkansas as his main legal focus So they needed someone uh, to continue the book. Uh, In in addition, I had started to use the Freedom of Information Act to get data uh, from various state agencies, including, as you might recall, the law school at which I worked, regarding admissions data uh, that they intermittently refused to provide me. And so I had developed my own interest in it. Indeed when uh, my colleague Rick uh, and our now co-author John um, were looking for someone else to take over the book. They said, "Look, uh, uh, if you take over the book, uh, we'll write the help you write the next edition, and then thereafter it's all yours, baby." Uh, and sure enough, the new edition of the book is coming out, and it it is Steinbeck on the Freedom of Information Act. So um, that's how I sort of developed into the area.
2: Okay, and and you just just kind of like the mob, right? From Godfather, it just keeps drawing you back in.
1: <laughs> exactly. Every time I uh, try to get away, they pull me back in. Is the line from <laughs> or, or something along those lines from the, the Godfather? The difference here is I don't try to get away. Uh, I have said many times on your show, and certainly in other contexts as well, that I am a public resource, I'm a public advocate, and if people have questions about the FOIA, they can get in touch with me, and I will make every effort. To help them out. That doesn't mean I can represent everybody. But I have never ceased to answer a question from anybody regarding the Freedom of Information Act. Republican, Democrat, Independent, doesn't matter. And I've helped people of all political stripes. Because this is about transparency. This isn't about left or right. It's about right or wrong. All
2: right. I just wanted everybody to hear the story and know that you've been at Mm -hmm. it for quite some time. And uh, like I said... Uh, When Jimmy came on on Wednesday, he wanted me to know that you were the man who lit the fire under him and gave him more purpose in life, basically.
1: Well, that's wonderful to hear. And uh, I can't tell you how many times, Dave, I've gotten calls from folks and they said, I got to do this or I got to pay that. And I said, that's make-believe. That's 100% make-believe.
2: Yeah, you don't have to pay anything.
1: No, there there are... Minimal, there's factual, minimal yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So
2: um, when they start talking about hundreds of dollars, they're BSing you.
1: Almost invariably. Almost invariably, that's correct. It's really a problem, by the way, Dave, where these folks uh, use essentially the the mantle of government to intimidate citizens... From making public requests, of course, they don't yeah. want they don't
2: want to give you the information. That's just that's just the bottom line of all of this. It's it's amazing to me because it's like like you said, Freedom of Information Act has been around a long time. You yeah, know? some fifty two years ago. Yeah, it was
1: enacted. That's right.
2: And it's uh, it's a yeah. great piece of uh, you know of, of law to. Can be used by uh, you know your your citizenry and that's but that's the last thing, you know it's kind of like used to be you go in and talk to a teacher it was no big deal you know you go right. talk about your kid uh, now it's like. You ask questions. Goes. What are you asking me questions for? I'm the one who's got the education. You're just ignorant peon. You know, I get tired of all that stuff. All right. Let's take a break. We'll come back. We're going to talk about Biden. He's got covid. What does it mean for his future? We'll talk about it. Something Big happened this day in 2003. Do you remember what it was, Mr. Steinbach? It had to do with the Iraqi war. Uh, Dave, I can't
1: remember what I had for breakfast this morning. Don't expect me to remember something
2: from 2003. It's the day that Jessica Lynch came home to Palestine, oh, wow. uh, West Virginia. How's that one for you?
1: There you go. There you go. I wonder if if they knew that they were sending um, Jessica Lynch back to Palestine.
2: Yeah. <laughs> right? 29 years ago. Uh, she is, she's, uh, was she? that would make her, she's going to be 49 years old, I think. She's almost going to be 50 years wow. old. How wow. fast time f- passes when you're having fun, you know what I'm saying? Indeed. Just, Indeed. just the way it is. So anyway, I just wanted to bring that up for people to, right, right. to remember. Uh, I want to talk to you about the president. The president yesterday announced that he has uh, covid and mm-hmm, there's mm-hmm. all kinds of rumors now floating around amongst democrats and uh, here's what the latest is in october the president will announce because he has uh long stage covid are you familiar the differences with all yeah, the covid it, what's it
1: long covid long term covid yeah yeah
2: it can go for a year and it it causes what's called brain Fog, and uh, there are several stories out with the Times well, and others saying that the president's going to say because of that he's going to step down as president of the United States, which would put uh, Harris as Kamala the first, Harris, yeah, as the first female president of the United States.
1: Dave, I think we've got a chicken and egg problem here when it comes to brain fog for Joe Biden, by the way. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Well, of course, uh, you think COVID is what caused the brain fog? No, it's been uh, going uh, on for quite some time. Exactly, exactly. Unless unless his body created COVID, uh, because his brain fog precedes the, the COVID pandemic, as far as I can tell.
2: Yeah, this uh, doctor that was on Neil Cavuto yesterday said that... Uh, This long-term COVID can last from six months to a year. He says, actually, the COVID virus uh, selects neutral tissue. It really refers to, it prefers to live in the brain a thousand times more than in the rest of your body. And that's why people lose their sense of smell and their sense of taste. And uh, that is a sign that the virus has affected the nervous system. So it's not surprising that more than 20 percent of people get what's called brain fog. And they said they see it all the time in the clinics. We see young people in their 20s and 30s coming in and saying they can't balance the checkbook. They don't know where they're going. They have no sense of direction, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, that is possible, and it's possible that the President may experience some of that. Well, he you know, he hasn't known where he was going for quite a while now. Uh, I guess he knew where he wanted to take the country which is down. But the bottom line is is that they, they, there's people who are leaking out that uh, this is going to be the way that the President exits from the uh, the white uh, the White House. I don't buy it. But it's out there and let me let me tell everybody again. These are leaks that are coming out and people on the Democratic side are talking about it. I would question how, you know, how how good the information is if it's coming from people that you know if the president stepped down, they see blood in the water. And they want to run in 2024.
1: Of course. Of course. Yeah, well, it's all politics, right? Uh, and at the same type of politics is going on today in Little Rock when the left is complaining that uh, the Republicans didn't want to do a special session to give teachers raises. Meanwhile, just yesterday, the Republicans voted to give $5,000 bonuses uh, to teachers. And the Democrats voted against it.
2: Yeah, you know, you know why yeah. don't you? I mean, they took the money. Uh, this is COVID money that was sent to right. the to the state that was going to be used uh, by the what is it, the Arkansas Department of Education or something like that, uh-huh. about five hundred million dollars, and uh, and rescheduled it not to go there but to go to the teachers themselves the five thousand dollar raise and Mm -hmm. you know they don't want that to happen you know they don't want that to happen they this gives see this gives the this gives the legislature some control over how the money is spent Uh, this has been a problem i had i had mary bentley on a couple of uh last week and she said she's voted for every pay raise here in Arkansas in the 10 years that she's been uh, a state legislator and found out that every time she voted for pay raises, it goes to the school districts. They decide where the money is dispersed, and it sure ain't the teacher's salaries.
1: Well, Dave, I've been making this general point. Time and time again on your show and elsewhere, and that is when you hand out free money to government bureaucrats, don't be surprised when the government bureaucrats don't do with that money what you intended for them to do, And that's why the legislature needs to be more in control of money that they start dishing out, be it to K-12 through education, be it to higher education, be it to any other department in the state. This is not only education related. We just happen to be talking about education. Don't be surprised when they don't do what you think they're going to do. And the state, when they're handing out citizens money, uh, and the legislature, to be clear, and the governor, need to be more in control of our money.
2: Well, and on top of this, Robert, the uh, legislature said to uh, the uh, school authorities that they would give them, it's about $460 million in remaining federal COVID-19 relief funds saying that they want schools to use the money for teacher and staff bonuses. Uh, mm-hmm. I I would want a little bit more uh, clarification about who and what they're calling staff.
1: Well, that's an excellent point as well. You know that in education across this country, the biggest growth area is administration. Mm-hmm. Right, because when administration gets the money, they go, well, we're working very hard. Not those teachers with 30-plus students. We're working real hard. So we need another secretary, and we need another administrator, and we need another vice this, and deputy that, and associate this, and assistant that. And they load up. You know, when I started teaching at the law school, I think we had half the number of people with the title dean or um, director that we have now. And we've got smaller classes than we had then. How is that possible, Dave?
2: Yeah, I know. I understand what you're saying. It's what Mary Bentley was saying. This is what mm-hmm. Mary was pointing out. And uh, in the story from Channel Seven that I'm looking for, uh, looking at, it says the move faced opposition from Democrats who said it was uh, an effort to avoid considering raising teacher salaries while the state sits on a $1.6 million surplus. It was also criticized by... uh, uh, the governor, Asa Hutchinson, who himself is a Republican, who said lawmakers really? didn't have. The <laughs> I was, I, I, I was I, waiting. I, I, I was waiting for to, you to say yeah, something. What? Uh, didn't really? didn't have authority to take such a step. So what Democrats are saying, and this is kind of interesting, uh, they want them to give more money as a raise, a Raise to the teachers. Here is the problem with that. Let's say you take uh, another $100 million and you give the teachers a raise. Well, that means this one-time money you're giving them for their raise means that after this year, then the school district has got to figure out where they're going to get the money to continue paying them at whatever rate you've uh, raised the teacher pay
1: to. Well, indeed, Dave. Look, take the win. They're getting a five-year bonus for teachers. Take the win. Yeah, and that and the Republicans have repeatedly said. We're not saying we're not going to vote for raises. The only thing that we've said is that we're not going to do raises for teachers during a special session for the simple reason that we need to consider that as we consider all of the money that we're going to be allocating on an ongoing forward basis. Now, to be fair, to be fair, they haven't always done that. There have been special sessions in which I think they did... Actually, it was a bonus, so there is a distinction. But I think they did a bonus for law enforcement. They're doing a bonus now for teachers, so that is equivalent. But they should be more consistent overall, and they shouldn't be doing raises and and other major allocations during special sessions barring some really unusual circumstances. So they're going to give a $5,000 bonus. I bet you they'll give a pay raise come January and David Ray was at the Pulaski County Republican meeting yesterday. By the way, we're going to talk a little bit more about that later in the show. Uh, and he gave a legislative update. And in, in that update, David Ray said the reason that teacher salaries uh, was even proposed during the special session, according to David, was for political reasons for the governor. So if it's politics and not substance driving it, then... David said, I believe aptly, that it shouldn't happen during a special session.
2: Well, when I had Robin Lundstrom on the show, uh, she said that they would wait until the session begins in January, right. because right. there's a lot of moving parts you got to consider when you start considering raising teachers' pay. So they want to do it right, they want to have the time to do this study, so what they did is they did, a, and it's, not, it's what you just said, take the win. They gave $5,000 to every teacher. I, I think there's probably teachers out there right now that are going, wow, how am I going to spend that? If I, I, I wish
1: I got a $5,000 bonus. I'm just well, saying. We ain't getting it in higher education. No. By the way, I'm not complaining about the uh, the overall uh, pay that uh, uh, at least we at the law school uh, get, albeit just FYI. I am complaining, much like we were just talking about, of how the money's being distributed. It's not equitably being distributed, uh, but... Overall, the pool of money that we get for salaries, I think, is actually just fine. Can you believe that?
3: Yeah, just well,
2: fine. bottom line, uh, the legislature wants to bring this up during the normal general assembly, which will start in January. So that's not that far down the line. I hope this $5,000 goes a long way to putting a smile on teachers' faces and then no that the legislature is looking seriously on how much, not if, but how much they will raise uh, teachers' salaries. All right, Robert, we got to get a break in. You stay where you're at. We'll talk further here when we come back on the Dave Ellswick Show. I want to tell everybody about PI Roofing. PI Roofing is ready to help you out to uh, fix your roof i know a lot of the i, I saw a billboard for pi roofing yesterday uh that just went up uh, for up in the cabin area because we had that really terrible hail storm back in december and people are still trying to get their uh homes done well you want to get it done just call pi roofing they'll assign you a place in line and they'll get to you and they'll get this all taken care of for you, all you got to do is call them 501 707 3551. 501 707 3551 or visit them online at piroofing.com. You know, Robert, uh, Robert Steinbach is uh, my guest uh, for today. He is uh, sitting in with me uh, from his house, he's on the phone with us, and we're talking about all of the news that you need to know about and trying to give you a little bit of maybe uh background information that you didn't know about yesterday i had lance Hines on from the city council little rock and was talking to him and uh, the first order of business we were talking about this security force that the uh, uh the governor has but something came up when we started talking the about mayor. yeah we started talking about crime uh crime uh in the city and uh He brought up something that you ran on when you ran for office here just a a little bit ago, a few weeks ago, and that was using uh, the uh, state police. They've been used in the past. Did you know that?
1: Yes. Dave, I wish I could say that I had such brilliant insight as to come up with that approach to fighting crime on the streets of Little Rock. But I was recycling uh, an old approach that worked. That worked but when uh, mayor King Scott took over uh, he decided to get rid of that and many other good programs that have worked to keep us safe in the city of Little Rock and he along with uh, sheriff Eric Higgins adopted thug a hug well I ain't looking to hug th- uh, what I say thug a hug yeah hug it's hug a thug yeah I ain't, look- I ain't looking to hug a thug I'm looking to stop that.
2: Yeah, well, as I talked to Lance about this, he said that evidently uh, they did this in the past. It lasted for about uh, three weeks. And that the state police could literally uh, put 100 officers to work. And some of the things that they can do is to set themselves up uh, outside the city and uh, catch uh, some of these thugs when they're coming into the city because they right. typically come speeding in and things like that. Uh, a lot of people who have moved downtown to some of the nice, uh, you know, high-rise apartments that they've got downtown say on the weekends it's absolutely crazy downtown. You don't want to even go
1: out. That's, that's 100% right. And... Uh... We need to do everything we can to restore safety and security uh, to the city of Little Rock, elsewhere perhaps as well, of course, but I live in the city of Little Rock and I know what's going on here. Uh, and, of course, uh, your most of your radio audience is in Little Rock, mm-hmm. albeit uh, it extends all the way up to Conway, Cabin, etc. And then, of course, you have Internet uh, radio that goes all over the state and elsewhere. Uh, but we know what it's like here. Uh, I think we're up to 50 or 51 murders in the city of Little Rock had right two, had now. Had two more over uh,
2: on Tuesday night.
1: Amazing. Uh, that's the highest number since the crack pandemic uh, of the 80s. Uh, and it, you know that Mayor King Scott has walked around saying that crime, violent crime is reduced? Reduced? What kind of math? That must be the new math. Well, let me tell you how elementary school. What
2: is it that I always say? Figures don't lie, but liars figure. Uh, What we have is we've got a mayor that's telling everybody it went down 3%. What went down 3% was the it went down from the 17% high that has happened. In fact, murders and, uh, you know, violent crime has gone up 40% in the city. Right, right. You know he's splitting hairs here. I mean, he's getting into frog hair. In fact, a really fine hair that you can't even see on the frog. Mm-hmm. There you go. And that's uh, that's what that's what's going on. And um, I'm looking forward to this race for mayor here in the city. I think it's going to be uh, eye-opening for a lot of people about how badly uh, this this mayor has just dropped the ball. I mean, really dropped the ball. Uh, are you familiar with what they're doing in Dallas and Fort
1: Worth? No. Well, I guess it depends what you mean by that. I, I suspect they're doing many things in Dallas.
2: Yeah. they are, Well, they are doing a lot, of, and they're doing a lot of good things. You know, a few years ago, they had that terrible shooting uh, downtown in, in Dallas, and since that time, they've been very proactive in trying to stop uh, – uh, an outbreak like that again and uh, they're doing uh, things like uh, monitoring uh, what's going on on the cell phones and things of that nature of the thugs and because uh, mm-hmm. here's what happens these all of these guys and gals that are members of gangs they all have cell phones You know, they got free right. Obama phones or whatever and they're out there on the street corners and they get into an argument with somebody else uh, about something, and uh, then somebody else is driving around, and he sees the person that started the argument on XYZ Corner and texts the person that they had the falling out with and says, hey, such and such a person is on this corner. And so now the person, the aggrieved, and I use that lightly, the aggrieved, pardon, yeah, they call somebody uh, to go uh take care of business for them on that corner and uh, they figured out ways to circum uh stop that to type of reaction and they've Correct. cut back their uh, They've cut back on their crime there. They also oh, talk about more lights in, in areas that are down in the urban area. They talk about cleaning up the blighted areas, kind of the you know, Giuliana, Giuliani find a broken window, fix it type of thing. And, uh-huh. uh, and, and it's worked. Everybody uh-huh. wants to do this. The police want to do it. The FLP wants to do it. The city council wants to do it. Guess who doesn't want to do it? Democrats? The, yeah, no, the mayor.
1: Well, is he a Democrat?
2: Yeah, he is. But he he doesn't well, wanna yep. he doesn't wanna do it. All right, let's take There's a break. Deal. We gotta get the news in here and we'll talk further yeah. here on the Dave Ellswick Show when we come back. Robert Steinbach, my guest, here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Get back to it here on a uh, Friday. Robert Steinbach is our guest host today. He's joined me today. And uh, he, of course, is a law professor at Bowen School of Law. His opinions are his and his alone, not necessarily those of the school of law or the university to which they're attached. And I I just made a call in, a text in, uh, to uh, uh, State Senator Kim Hammer. Uh, Robert, to see if he will join us to talk about the $5,000 teachers raise and about the Why governor being up, uptight about it. And then uh, I've been reading some of the press clippings from uh, the teachers rally yesterday on the steps of the uh, uh, the capital. they were so upset about it, a couple dozen teachers showed up to complain about it. So we'll uh, see what, to, you know, he has to say about that. Uh, I just don't understand why they're pushing back against this. They know that the, the Republicans have said uh, there's not enough time in a special session. There's just not enough time. And instead of just rushing in willy-nilly and trying to make up, uh, you know, make it up on the run, they want to do some, you know, study on this to make sure they get it right so, you know, they don't put some of these school districts who are already having problems with money uh, to be able to to meet those salaries and – Within the legislation, I believe, this next time uh, that they write for uh, uh, write for the, uh, the teachers, the money's going to go to the teachers and not going to be shared uh, all over the place and water it down so that they really aren't getting a raise of much of anything at all. And that's what's been going on in the past.
1: Well, you know, it's not so much a question of time, albeit maybe that is, somewhat of an issue it's a question of proceeding in due course and due order that is legislature has to decide our whole budget so if you start carving out pieces in advance then it makes it more difficult to start balancing it with other things that you're considering to be clear and to be fair they are carving out some things they're going to give this tax break and i'm all for tax breaks. I wish they would consider them more broadly. I don't think it should only be income tax. I don't know why we still have the Clinton car tax. Uh, My uh, house taxes in Pulaski County, they just sent out a notice to everyone saying uh, that they're changing the assessments of people's houses and they are, are, I think, nearly doubling the assessment of my house in my neighborhood. Uh, So they're going to try to get it. You know, they take with one hand and they try to uh, – they give with one hand and they try to take uh, with another hand. Uh, so uh, even doing the uh, taxes now early is a little out of order, albeit this is a slightly different change. They're just talking about speeding up an already enacted tax. So there is – some distinction there that I think is valid. But this is what happens when you start picking and choosing in off sessions. And hopefully our constitutional ballot initiative that's on the November ballot to allow the legislature to call itself back into session will succeed, and we won't have to rely on the governor to determine what happens at special sessions.
2: Yeah, that that has to be changed as well. I agree, hundred percent. You know, we have three unique divisions of uh, of power in the state. We have the the legislature. We've got the, uh, of course, uh, executive, that is the governor's office, and we have the judicial, which is the state supreme court. So you, you've got these three different uh, uh, groups of uh, of uh, power, and they make the laws and make sure the laws are correct here in the state. And I think if you're letting, you're just giving the power to the governor, uh, you give him too much power, so to speak. And if you give him too much power, uh, he'll misuse that power like we saw during the pandemic.
1: Well, that's the whole point of checks and balances. No uh, one branch should have essentially unfettered power. uh, And when they move in that direction, it becomes inherently dangerous.
2: Yeah, really does become dangerous. And we and we've seen that. Uh, And that's where some of the fights now going on nationally uh, in the Supreme Court, Uh, the decision that they made dealing with West Virginia here in this last session and the EPA is a perfect example because the legislature have been doing this for years, but nobody's called them on it. Finally, they call them on it, and the Supreme Court uh, rules uh, that the – the legislature can't just abrogate their uh, abilities and give them to somebody else. In this case, tell the EPA, you make the laws dealing with the environment, and uh, we'll just uh, you know rubber stamp it.
1: Yeah, it, we have this really crazy notion in the law today that is absurd, uh, and it's... Uh, anti-freedom, and it says that after an executive agency makes a decision, and if you say, well, that decision's a bad idea, first of all, you have to go to that executive agency and ask them to uh, for a hearing. Wait, I'm going to the, the people that just ruled against me to ask them to rule for me? Yep, got to do that. Then, after they, needless to say, rubber stamp the decision that they had initially made, when you go to court, the courts say, well, we are going to defer to the decision-making of the agency. So notwithstanding that the image of Lady Justice is a woman holding scales with a blindfold on, she's actually peeking out toward, uh, under the blindfold, and if you're the government, she's going to put a, a, a few extra pence on that scale in your favor. That's not justice. That's cronyism and corruption. Yeah, exa- exactly,
2: intent. and it, it and it leads to a whole lot of cronyism and even more corruption, and we've seen right. it over the years. I'll give you a really good example of this, and that happens to be Pelosi's husband. You got this, right. these deals going down with the chip makers, and the uh, legislature is making laws, and. Uh, He bought up, I think he said, 20,000 shares of stock in in chip makers. You can't tell me the man doesn't have any kind of insider information. And that kind of stuff goes on every frickin' day in Washington, D.C. Then this man's going to make millions of dollars off of it.
1: Oh, well, they've exempted themselves from the insider trading law. So it's really convenient, isn't it? So yeah. they sit there, uh, wag. You know, Nancy Pelosi sits there wagging her finger at you, wagging her finger at Republicans, saying, "Oh, we're bad and evil, and these folks are corrupt. They're doing stuff that you and I would get arrested for." Correctly so.
2: Yeah. In fact, other people have been arrested for. Ask That's Martha. Right. Ask Martha Stewart, huh? Indeed, Just indeed. Ask her. All right. Hey, listen. I understand that uh, state senator. Uh, Kim Hammers on the phone. Let's go ahead and jump on the phone and talk to him uh, uh, about this $5,000 teacher's uh, pay, uh, not raise, but bonus. And, you know, Kim, were you part of this? Were you on the on the committee that considered this and, and then voted in this
4: $5,000? Morning, Dave. Uh, I was on the committee. I can't say that I was on the uh, development team to uh, present the idea, but I'm on the A.L.C. committee that voted on it. Yes.
2: All right. First question for you: Is the governor right? Does he is he saying that you guys can't do this? Are we going to have a big fight over this? Is 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 he upset because you guys have stolen his thunder?
4: I don't know if he's upset or whatever. I haven't had any dialogue with him, but I would say this whole thing could have started off on a lot better note if we had all got in the room together and had a discussion about this before he came out on his own without consulting with the legislators to say, I'm going to offer a raise this way when it all first began. I think that created confusion. Uh, I think it, it, it created um, an environment that made it very difficult to move forward in uh, just because there was no communication with the uh, stakeholders. In fact, I think there's Either a piece of legislation or there's an agreement out there where it was understood that the stakeholders, being the schools, teachers, and you know, administrative branch, legislative branch, would come together to work this thing out and then come out with it. As it was, that whole process we bypassed, and he just decided to, you know, pop what he uh, offered out there, and here we are today.
2: So, how long does a special session go typically? About 15 days.
4: Not if we can help it. We like to try to keep it three days. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. All right. So, yeah, I had Robin Lundstrom, State Representative Robin Lundstrom, on a couple of weeks ago, and she was talking about teachers' raises, and she said that you all wanted to tackle this in January during the session because there's a lot of moving parts that you got to deal with.
4: The most logical way to deal with this, and excuse me, and long-term fixable way to deal with this is to come in in january and we have what's called the matrix which i think is an important key factor that folks need to understand there's a matrix out there that the education committees work hard to come up on and it basically takes every category of spending that a school has looks at the historical data of spending incorporates what are things that need to be done moving forward in education and they come up at a number for each one of those categorical spending columns uh, in that in that matrix funding model all of which was born out of the Lakeview case in order to keep us out of a lawsuit or help us get out of a lawsuit and in there is a salary column and if excuse me if the recommendations of the legislative branch with regard to that matrix portion of the salaries had been followed over the years that it has been developed, then we wouldn't be in the position we're in as far as teacher salaries because we would have been able to be keeping pace. And that's part of the problem, too, um, is that we haven't been doing that. This $5,000 is intended to be a carryover bonus to get us from where we are today until January when we get in and and fix it through an already established process that we've been trying to use uh, over the years to get those salaries up.
2: So, when I had uh, Mary Bentley on, State Representative Mary Bentley, she said she's voted for every pay increase that the legislature mm. has has um, made for teacher pay. The problem being that the money doesn't get to the teachers. Is what you're saying is that starting in January, you guys are going to make sure that the money gets to the teachers?
4: I can't speak for anybody else, but I think what would be the best thing to do is for us to go in there. Because what we do is we put the money in the matrix on the line item for salaries. Once we establish that matrix, we approve the appropriation funding designed around what it would cost to implement that matrix. We, as the legislative branch, turn it over to the administrative branch under which the schools account to being the Department of Ed, which is under the governor. And when that money gets to the local level, we, by separation of powers um, limitations, do not have any jurisdiction or control over what that school does with that money. Some schools, I think probably very few, follow the matrix. Others take the money, move it around within the matrix how they see fit at the local level, making local level decisions. And as a result, teacher salaries have been compromised over the years because money that should have been left on the matrix line is moved to other categories. Um, I think what's going to happen when we come back in January is there's going to be a strong push to take that money that's in the salary matrix line and freeze it so that there can be no moving of that money once it's released from the legislative branch to the administrative branch and we'll begin to see these salaries correct themselves over the years
2: all right that sounds sounds good to me depends on whether you take the blue pill or the red pill i guess depending on how you you view the matrix uh i know robert's there robert did you have a question for uh, the senator
1: Hey, Kim, it's good to talk with you, as always. Tell me this, why was the governor asking initially for a special session to increase teacher salaries uh, when we now discover that there's almost a billion dollars of federal money to be distributed to uh, the uh, teachers that the executive branch, the governor, hasn't distributed? What's going on there?
4: I think when you go back and look at the history of the memo, that's dated from the U.S. Department of Ed is December 16th of 2021, and this question was initially asked way back when, can we use ESSER funds, which has come in three uh, tranches. There's There was one, two, and three. Uh, one and two are out the door. We're talking about the money that's left in three, which will take care of all the money that's in the ESSER funds. It was presented to us by the Department of Ed that we could not use, the schools could not use the ESSER funds for salaries. When it was discovered yesterday, and I'm going to give credit to Jonathan Dismaine and Jimmy Hickey, there may be others, but those two are the ones that have been leading the charge on this, Senators Jonathan Dismaine and Senator Jimmy Hickey. When they discovered this memo, and it became apparent that yes, indeed, we could use it because it stipulates very clearly it could be used for teacher retention, um, layman terms, teachers pay that's that's when the blow-up began to occur because the question is why didn't we do this first instead of leaving the reserve funds that we have built up left alone um, I will tell you and I've said it on my show the Kim Hammer show and I said it on your Dave. we're trying to get Arkansas in a fiscally responsible position by holding 20% of our budget because just as was said yesterday in the committee by our finance director Experts say that within two years, we're going to have a, a recession, and we don't want to have to go back and raise taxes, and we want to make sure we got plenty of money in reserve so that we don't have to cut services or cut pay to, like, fuel, for example. Uh, that's why we're so protective of that money. And when it became apparent that ESSER monies could be used, and whether the Department of Ed misinterpreted the memo, didn't want to read the memo the way it read, governor didn't want to use ESSER funds, Whatever that's on them because we were never included in the discussions in the first place. Now we know that ESSER funds can be used, and we have put it back to the schools and say, "Redevelop your plans for how you plan to use this money, and include the discussion about salaries. Bring it back to us; we'll approve it."
2: All right, I'm going to let you go. I promised about ten minutes. There you go. We'll be back with you later. Thanks for filling in for me on Tuesday. Enjoy the show on Tuesday. Thanks, Dave. We'll talk to you later. State Senator Kim Hammer. will be back uh, with the show in just a moment. We've got to get a break in. Don't forget about uh, Pat Davis. Pat Davis, do a good job taking care of your health insurance. Save you 30 to 50% on it. Doesn't matter what provider that you're using. He can get rid of those copays. He can get rid of those big deductibles. He can save you some big dollars over the course of a year. You add up, let's say he saves you. 90 to a hundred dollars a month. You add that together for 12 months, you've saved some money, quite a bit of money, in fact, that you can use to try to keep up with all this inflation that's going on. So give Pat a call, 501 605 6935, or visit him online, yourhealthplanman.com. All right, back with you. Uh, one to let you know, Robert, I have uh, texted, since his name just came up, with uh, uh, State Senator Hammer. I just uh, texted Jonathan Dismang asking him to join us at 735. I'll let you know if he says yay or nay uh, about that, and we'll uh, get that Uh, all taken care of we just got about a minute to go before we get to bill o'reilly here so uh, i don't want to start anything new so we'll hold on to this whole thing about the the teachers uh, bonuses and see if we can't give people a little bit more background on how uh, the legislature got to where they're going that esser uh, uh, letter that uh, uh, hammer was talking about uh, evidently Dismang is the one who really found out about it. So we'll try to get him on and he can talk about it with us uh, at uh, the 735 segment here of the Dave Ellswick Show. Should be an interesting discussion. Smart guy, Senator Dismang. So be looking forward to seeing what he has to say. It, it's getting interesting now. We're finding out things as we go along, aren't we?
1: Oh, we find out a lot of stuff. We find out a lot of stuff, and that's the problem. Because listen, this is our system. It's not a great system. It's just the best one compared to all the others. To paraphrase Winston Churchill, uh, and uh, there's a lot of politics involved, right? And there's yep. gambling in Vegas, so none of this should surprise us.
2: Well, not only is there a lot of politics, but there's a lot of personal politics involved and power politics. Uh, that are yeah. involved. And so uh, I got my fingers crossed that we were able to get uh, State Senator Jonathan Dismang on. Haven't heard back from him yet. Uh, I've always had a good working relationship with him. So we'll see if he uh, uh, if he can find 10 or 15 minutes. To talk I told him 10 minutes, 15 minutes max, because that's really all we yeah. need uh, to get oh, the plan. information that uh, we want to talk about. So uh, Robert and I are going to be back in, in just a moment. Right now, we're going to take a break as we got Bill O'Reilly coming up, and we're going to let him talk to you and tell us what he's got for us all right back with you robert steinbach is uh here robert we've got state senator jonathan dismang he's on a job site just so everybody knows so if you hear some noise in the background or whatever that's what's happening we got about 10 minutes hey jonathan thanks for joining us it's a pleasure to always talk with you i hear you had a lot to do to find this money uh to give these teachers the five thousand dollar bonus you went uh, and looked at the ESSER letters and, and was able to ascertain this. If you could figure it out, why can't the governor?
3: Well, I mean, I think, you know, what I really need to give credit to as a constituent, we've been talking back and forth about the ESSER funds and how they could be utilized. Um, and, I, you know, there had been some minimal testimony that they could be used for bonuses. Uh, but then that was always followed up with a, a comment that it probably wasn't recommended, though. And so, again, Constituent found this DOE, or Department of Education, memo where they outlined almost exactly the situation we're in in Arkansas, you know, you're in between budgets, Uh, clearly you've got some issues with retention and recruitment, use these funds uh, to prop up in the meantime until you can get everything finalized. Um, And again, so that's what our recommendation was uh, to the legislature, or, you know, from the legislature to these school boards, is, hey, you've got some funds remaining, It is explicitly clear that you can use them for bonuses. If you're having issues, use them. Um, But again, as far as I'm not sure where the breakdown in communication was and, and why those weren't pushed in the beginning, and I'm still, if I'm being honest, I don't understand the pushback from organizations like the uh, AEA or the Teachers Union about why they don't want those funds to be used for bonuses. Uh, but again, we'll, we'll probably iron some of that out in the next few weeks. Yeah, Robert
2: said when we were talking about it, take the win.
3: Yeah, no, that's yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> I mean, you, it, well, and if you talk to some my, uh, you know, when I talk to the local legislator, or uh, sorry, teachers, I mean, they'll tell you that they understand the importance of the adequacy process. Our superintendents will tell you that what we did last session, for instance, allowed them to raise teachers' pay by $3,000 per year. So, that again, they understand that there's a lot to look at when you're talking about the education of our children here in the state and the public schools, and... Uh, and with that, understand that a bonus would be a great bridge to be able to get us to uh, the completion of that adequacy board. All
2: right. Robert, did you have any questions for the state senator?
1: Well, in part, he answered it. But if you can talk a little bit more, Jonathan, about... Why it seems that the Department of Education <clears throat> isn't doing the utmost to ensure that all of the monies that are being given to the state from the feds are distributed out uh, to the localities. I see this as an ongoing problem even more broadly. I hear people say, well, we don't want to take fed money. Uh, you know, we're paying for that. Well, my response is the same words with a different emphasis we want to take fed money because we already paid for it that's our money let's take our money and use it and if the federal government's inefficient and they are uh we can vote the bums out and then fix that later but in the meantime if colorado and new york are getting money we better get our fair share too what are your thoughts about that
3: Well, you and I uh, are are seeing the same song there and have for quite a while. I mean, I've always agreed that, you know, and if if other states are gonna be utilizing our money because we don't, then that's wrong for the taxpayers of Arkansas that sent that money to the federal government. Um, But in a a broader, in a picture, just on a more micro level for what's happening with, uh, you know, this, they call it extra money uh, for the school districts, it's available. The difference is this. On the, let's just take Tennessee, for instance. You know, they, they received, you know, this is we're well over a billion dollars in extra money. They were, too. They said, you know what, we're going to work with our superintendents. Uh, we're going to have a statewide plan, and we are going to collectively respond to our teacher's orders. We're going to collectively respond to our, uh, rec- our recruitment issues. We're gonna collectively respond to uh learning loss that's happened because of COVID and the fact that a lot of these students are way behind because of what was uh what happened over the last couple of years. And so they, they developed a five uh prong approach to how they were gonna utilize these dollars. In the state of Arkansas, we just said districts as long as it kind of meets the federal guidelines, you do what you want to. So you had districts that repaired the HBA, HBA systems. Uh, they, they bought buses. They did all kinds of things with these dollars, and many of it was needed, but it didn't focus back in on the teachers. And in some ways, it didn't focus in on the students. Um, and, and so what we're trying to do is just shine a little light right now. Hey, there's some possibilities for these funds. You have some left. Let's please try uh, to listen to what your constituents are saying in regards to teachers and use these as bonuses.
2: Great, all right, state senator. I promised you ten minutes, so we've we've hit that. I'll let you. I'll let you get right. to work. We'll talk to you later. Right. Mm, bye bye right, now. Thanks. All right, that's uh, of course, state senator Jonathan Dismang. Uh, you know, I can look and say, you know, he's getting long in the tooth now. He's been around a while.
1: <laughs> I hadn't Dan, seen. If he's getting long in the tooth, we're sab- we're saber tooth tigress
2: Yeah. Well, I'm I'm a mummy. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say about that? I've been around for a long, long time now. But, yeah, it's it's interesting. It's, he brings up some really uh, great answers for the questions that we had. But the overriding question that's there is they've known this, and why is the governor fighting against it? Evidently, it's right there in the letters that it was sent to them by the federal government. And why are the teachers unions fighting against it? It, other than it takes away some of their power. It do, it, it makes them look powerless and uh, because now they don't have anything to push on, you know, for the uh, special session, I guess. And same thing with the Democrats.
1: Well, it's really amazing that the Democrats voted against the $5,000 bonus for teachers. And as you aptly pointed out, either to Kim or Jonathan, I don't remember now, take the win. So you're you're objecting to a $5,000 bonus? You know, that's uh, uh, upwards of 20% or so of some of these teachers' salaries. You're turning that down because you say, well, you see, we, what we really want to a pay raise. Okay, how does a $5,000 bonus preclude a pay raise? Well, you see, they're going to say that they got $5,000. Okay, and then at that point, you can say, and we still need a pay raise. And by the way, <laughs> I, Rob Steinbach. Well, support a pay raise. So what does one have to do with another? Are you such a weak politician that you can't effectively argue come to general session for a pay raise for teachers because they got a bonus? If if that's the case, you ought to be looking for new work.
2: What it seemed to me I heard State Senator Kim Hammer saying is this is going to be used kind of as a bridge to jump off for where pay should be right now which would tell me that what he's saying to us is when the session gets started in January they're going to take that $5,000 roll it into the 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 base basically the matrix and the bottom let's just say you're getting $36,000 a year they're going to raise that to 41 and go from there that's that kind of what I heard and then build up from year to year or to every other year uh you know, with the teachers and and give them raises consistently to get them really up there where they need to be. Did you did you get on, pick, pick that up as
1: he was talking? Well, I, I I think that yes is a short answer to your question, but more broadly. I think there's actually bipartisan support. I told you that they said this last night at the Pulaski County meeting that we're going to be talking about at the nine o'clock hour. Um, they, they said there, there is overwhelming bipartisan support for increasing teacher pay in the state of Arkansas. Yes, there is. So of course, you know, right? So the, you know, this is a fight over over nothing. And you know, the funny part is is that sometimes politics causes bipartisan support for issues when there is isn't. like i think republicans have generally supported increasing pay for cops and the democrats when they've come along if they've come along have done so somewhat begrudgingly because they speak out of both sides of their mouth often saying that we need to defund the police uh, but in this case no one's dragging anybody the republicans uh, seemingly, and I believe it to be the case, support increasing teacher pay, and so do the Democrats. Uh, that the only issue was should we be doing it in a special session, and instead of giving teacher pay raises in special session, the Republicans, over the Democrats' objections, have offered a five thousand dollar bonus uh, through the federal funding. That's yeah. sitting there idly because seemingly uh, the Department of Education. Uh, we're twiddling their thumbs.
2: Yeah, I agree. It just uh, it it seems stupid to me. But I go back to this whole thing that it takes away a a point that the Democrats can run for governor on uh, if uh, they give this five thousand dollar bonus and then say and then we're going to continue to raise teachers pay next year and the thing i was really happy to hear from senator hammer is that they're going to look at a way of how to lock in that uh, that money that's going for teachers pay into the column for teachers pay so that superintendents can't take money away from the teachers that way i bet you if you ask the teachers if they want a five thousand dollar bonus most of them say yes
1: Indeed, indeed. Who would who would say no to a question like that? Even if you pose the question, you know the Democrats say, "Well, ask them if they want the five thousand dollars or a pay raise. See what they'll say then." How about th- how about this, Dave? Ask them if they want the $5,000 bonus and, and a, pay
2: a pay raise. That's exactly yeah, right. That? <laughs> Absolutely. All right. We'll be back here in, uh, in a moment. We've got to get our final break, and then Robert and I will continue uh, discussing the issues of the day with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about East End Towing. They'll take a good uh, care of you if you've got a broken-down car, uh, if you're in a parking lot, or uh, whatever they'll take care of you cuz they know all the rules they know you know what they got to do in public property and private property all of that they know how to help you out if it's not your car but it's a trailer that you got your boat on or maybe you're pulling your camper what do you do with that if the problem is you got a camper hooked up to your car. Where do they take the camper or do they take the camper? That's all the things that East End Towing deals with, and they can uh, take care of it because no matter the situation, East End Towing can handle it, and they've got the answers. All you need to do is call them. Again, put their number in your cell phone, 501-888-8849. That's the number, 501-888-8849. That's East end towing all right let's get back for the uh, final few moments here we've got about eight minutes to go and uh, robert steinbach is with me he'll be back at nine o'clock and there was a meeting of the uh, pulaski county gop he was there he'll tell you about what went down at that and we'll find out uh, what was discussed at that time so that'll be interesting uh, in and of itself to uh, to talk about uh story out this morning is that uh, the uh, ukrainians now are preparing for a counter-offensive they think that the uh, russians have extended themselves too far on their supply lines and they're ready to go they'll go to work and see what they can do uh, with the russians uh, now that they're in the place that uh, and the place that they're at Robert, I'm seeing more and more people talking about this on the air, on the news channels, and I, I flip through all of them, man. I watch Fox, I watch CNN, I watch MSNBC, I watch you know, One News America and all the rest of them. And it seems to me that cities are starting to wake up Some cities, not every city, but some cities to this whole defund the police nonsense they got into and are starting to realize, "Mm, yeah, we do need some police officers on the street. And uh, when you got them on the street and they can actually chase criminals down and stuff, crime goes down.
1: You want to tell me the recipe for making ice as well, Dave? You want to tell me more obvious things? Uh, You know, you take a little bit of water, and what else do you add to it? Nothing. Cold. And you make ice. Uh, And how do you decrease crime? You make sure you have an ample police force. Uh, And how do you increase crime? You defund the police. These are simple equations. You don't need to be a rocket scientist uh, to figure it out. Uh, And so, needless to say, in Little Rock alone, over 50 murders at this point in the year alone the highest since the crack pandemic Uh, we are in a state of crisis and that needs to be addressed Uh, and it needs to be addressed by thoughtful elected officials uh, like Steve Landers, uh, not like uh, Mayor King Scott spending money on his own private security when people are dropping like flies around him. Uh, it needs to mean that uh, City Hall... And the city attorney have to respect the state legislature after having enacted a law that says, by the way, that I helped write, uh, that says that people with enhanced carry license like Chris Corbett is entitled to carry his firearm in City Hall, particularly when walking through the deadly streets of Little Rock. This is the kind of common sense that we need to restore to Little Rock, Instead of the cronyism and corruption that's taking place every day.
2: All right. Finally, the House Judiciary Committee kicked off to debate over which weapons American citizens are allowed to keep and own. During a hearing Wednesday, House lawmakers went back and forth with each other over how to prevent future mass shootings Democrat lawmakers such as uh, Representative David Sicilian of uh, Rhode Island called for a ban on so called assault weapons while claiming the ability to own them only results in more people being killed. This came after the CDC claimed that gun violence was the leading cause of death for children, despite many critics pointing out a flaw in their analysis. It appears they don't discriminate between different age groups. And then. GOP representative Andy Biggs of Arizona pushed back on their claim by claim uh, citing the 2019 statistic, which pointed to knives as the leading cause of most homicides with blunt objects like clubs and hammers coming in second. It just seems ridiculous that they're still arguing the same old talking points, doesn't it, to you?
1: Well, they're they're not arguing substance. They're arguing politics, and they want to get reelected, and so they play politics. That's what we see going on everywhere to some extent. That is the inevitable byproduct of our system. Yes, it Um, is an
2: election year, isn't it?
1: Indeed, indeed. So, you know, uh, listen, pay attention and listen to what they're saying, and if you agree with them, vote for them. Yeah, you right. don't agree with them. Vote against
2: them on the Judiciary Committee. All the Republicans were sitting on the back row. Did you see the picture of that? It was pretty cool. I did not. They had uh, they had the picture of them all sitting, there, and they had signs in back of them that said "shall not be infringed." Nice. <laughs> nice.
1: I thought that was well, what, thought that was pretty know, good. To, what other constitutional right? Uh, do the democrats think you need to have a license for the irony is when it comes to voting which is not explicitly stated in the constitution but is a constitutional right don't get me wrong uh, and uh, we conservatives and many others are not looking to license people to vote gosh no but simply to make sure that they identify who they are in order to vote you have your vote one man one vote Well, you need to know who that man is. And so when we say, well, you need to have some ID, any ID, whatever the ID may be, oh, no, you can't do that. That's an infringement upon a constitutional right. So having any ID, not a license, any ID... Is an infringement on constitutional right, but they want to license uh, your ability to own a gun, if not outlaw it completely, indeed.
2: All right. Last question. I got we got 90 seconds. All right. Yep. And it's yep. a, it's an easy question. Looks like the uh, the pro recreational marijuana people have got the necessary signatures to get it on the ballot in November. Which way do you think the state leans? Yay or nay?
1: You know, I don't know the answer to that. Uh, um, uh, I don't know which way that will come out. Uh, and it's a good thing that it's on the ballot, perhaps, because that's something that uh, we should get a reflection of the people's will on.
2: Well, I'll tell you what. It tells It tells me that you won't make a call that it's really, really close, and that's going to make it fun I, to watch.
1: Yeah, I think that's right. I do think it's close. I do think it's close.
2: All right. I want everybody to remember that because – Robert will be with me in November when we do uh, election night coverage. she will be here in the studio right. with me dealing with it. All right. We're okay. going to take a break, and then uh, we're going to talk about finances for an hour, and then Robert and I will be back on the air. And uh, don't forget, we're going to talk about that Pulaski GOP meeting that happened last night. I hear that it was... Um, yeah, how do how do I want to put it? Energetic. How's that? We'll talk uh, about
1: There it. were Roman candles in the sky. <laughs>
2: we'll talk about it when we get back on the Dave Ellsberg Show. Stick with us. It's coming your way at 9 o'clock. But right now, we're going to get to your money. Mm-hmm. All right, back with you at 9 o'clock, the Dave Ellswick Show. And uh, my thanks to the folks I've been seeing on Facebook who have been sending me personal messages and saying can't wait till Saturday. Well, you don't have to wait much longer we'll be um, we'll be on the motor coach and and on our way by this time uh, tomorrow we'll be probably about an hour down the road heading to Lexington, Kentucky which is our first overnight stop and I'm looking forward to it. Monday, Gettysburg. Got to be uh, excited about that. Gettysburg's a, a great place to go uh, especially if you just take a few moments to to stand there and and just kind of uh uh let it fill fill your soul a little bit it's uh it's uh, quite a battlefield to say the least. They said that their blood ran so so uh easily at uh at Gettysburg that it ran like little rivulets down the battlefield three to four inches deep just gives you an idea of the kind of slaughter that we're talking about during the uh, the civil uh, war so and we'll spend most of the day there give you plenty of time to look at it and and to uh, take it all in i don't know if we're going to stop over in the town or not and have um, lunch if we do that's uh, an experience in and of itself because you go to these restaurants uh, and uh, the homes have been there Uh, before the battle and was there during the battle and you'll be sitting in a booth having something to eat and there's still musket balls from the civil war in the in the walls and stuff so you get to take part in that uh in the in the patriot tour which will start tomorrow so i'm looking forward to seeing you too i'm looking forward to doing this it's always a good time and uh don't forget um mark it on a calendar somewhere to be watching right around the beginning of the year because we're going to boston next year and you'll want to know all about that once we uh we unveil that trip as well Gina and i get together and and plan it all out uh for you so that uh that's next year though so this year we're going to pennsylvania and maryland and uh gettysburg harper's ferry uh philadelphia constitutional hall lancaster uh, pennsylvania heading out to the amish area get to go to a working amish farm get to check out a uh, they've got a uh, a replica of the temple uh, that the jews carried with them across the uh, the desert uh, during their exodus and so it's going to be quite the trip and uh, you'll learn a lot while it's uh, all going on so I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Robert Steinbach, law professor over at Bowen School of Law, my guest uh, here for the last hour, of the Dave Ellswick Show for a Friday. My last show until uh, a week from Monday. Uh, I'll be gone again on the uh, the the. the Patriot tour, and uh, Roberts filling in for me Monday and next Friday. Tuesday it's State Senator Kim Hammer. Wednesday Alan Kerr will be filling in. Thursday we'll have Ken Yang on uh, to uh, to keep you uh, you know appraised of all the information going on. I got to get a hold of Ken. I got some information for him, uh, folks. I think of Heritage want to come on because uh, we'll be hearing some. Uh, numbers about GDP and if it's a negative number uh, we'll be in a recession for sure at that point and I'm kind of hoping we don't get that but I'm kind of expecting to. it's going to be that way alright Robert's here good to have him along with me today uh, for the rest of uh, this hour and uh, so Robert uh, what do you think do you think we'll be in a recession Next Thursday, you think the the GDP is going to show two negative uh, numbers in a row
1: for the quarters? Uh, I think it's uh, likely the case. Yes.
2: Yeah, that's not. I think not, it's
1: more likely than not that we will be in a recession.
2: That's not good. I'm just. Telling, I, no. I, I want everybody to know it's not good, and uh, I had. Uh, Folks on from um, Americans for Prosperity uh, this week, and they said stagflation, uh, a word that we haven't heard since the Jimmy Carter era, uh, is back in vogue again, because that's where we're at. we got stagflation uh, going. Just got a new book today. It was over on my desk, and I'm trying to get the the author on uh, for Tuesday, August 2nd, and... uh, If I get it nailed down, we'll make sure that we let you know. Uh, Dick Morris, we're trying to get him to join us on Tuesday the 2nd at 9 o'clock. He's written a new book called The Return, Trump's Big 2024 Comeback. So... We'll see if Dick is going to make himself available to us. He usually does here on uh, on the show. All right. So uh, I'm looking at the time, and we can start right now. It's it's nine twelve. So bring me up to date what happened last night at the uh, Pulaski County uh, GOP meeting.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, the other day, uh, uh, several folks, Linda Dyson, Jane English, uh, Carolyn Brown, Alan Kerr, and a handful of others wrote a letter, uh, to, uh, the Republican Party complaining, uh, and t- claiming that all 71 delegates of the Pulaski County Republican uh, Party should not be able to vote at the party convention tomorrow. Uh, and why did they do that? Uh, they did it because. Of two reasons. One is uh, the cronies are upset uh, that they're losing power. In fact, several people have said in several contexts, well, I just didn't like that these new folks came in and think they own the place, and they, uh, they, they didn't wait their turn. They didn't stand in line. In fact, someone said that. Standing next to Alan Kerr, Alan was asking questions about why he, uh, uh, under the radar, uh, signed this letter to uh, uh, undemocratically uh, void, cancel the vote, uh, voting power of the Pulaski County Republican delegates. And uh, when this other person said, well, we just didn't like the outcome of the vote, essentially, he said, well, don't say that. of course don't say that, because you're not supposed to tell the truth out loud when the truth is hurting you, right? That's what Alan is admitting to there. Um, That's one of the problems. The other problem, the letter was written by this woman, Linda Dyson, signs the letter complaining about the election. As the North Pulaski Republican Women's Club Well don't you Why do we have a North Pulaski Republican Women's Club Don't you think A a Pulaski County Women's Club would be enough Well not when the two are fighting They apparently just were the Pulaski County Women's Club And they got Republican Women's Club And they got into a fight And they split off And now we got a North Pulaski And a, a Pulaski And guess what Uh, uh, The the North Pulaski folks uh, don't like that the Pulaski folks, the the Pulaski Women Club, Republican Club folks, got elected as delegates. So this is, you know what this is? It's a family feud because people don't like Cousin Jimmy. Uh, And it's the cronies trying to hold on to power desperately. And yesterday at the meeting, we we did a bunch of procedural stuff. And then someone called to end the meeting. And before there was a vote to end the meeting, someone else says, wait a second, I want to talk about this um, letter that Alan and others wrote, uh, and we're having a meeting today, by the way, at the Republican Party uh, um, headquarters downtown, 4 o'clock, come on down, Republican Party headquarters, 4 o'clock. Um, and Marlee Scare, uh, which of course is Alan's wife, um, says, we're adjourned. So no vote, just a jury, <laughs> which is, of course, not permitted. Uh, but you see, the rules don't apply uh, when you're in control, apparently. So I walked up to the front. I asked to use the microphone. You know what they said? No, you can't use the microphone. So I stood up on a chair, and I borrowed Ronald Reagan's comment, and I said, I paid $3,000 to this committee three months ago to run for office, and I can't even use a microphone.
2: So why, said, why did they deny you use of the microphone?
1: You tell me, why do cronies do whatever cronies do? Why does corruption permeate politics? I don't have an answer for that, because people are trying to hold on to power desperately. And the tighter they put their grip, it's like squeezing sand uh, at the beach. The more it slips through their fingers. It was an embarrassment, and this letter is an embarrassment. You have a a coalition of these fighting uh, women's Republican groups and the uh, old guard that don't like the fact that a whole bunch of new blood came into the Republican Party uh, uh, here in Pulaski County and had their voice heard and were duly elected. Not one person, not one of these signatories, Dave, excuse me, objected at the meeting. There was one objection, and guess what? Withdrawn, withdrawn. One objection to the ballot, withdrawn, and not one of these folks objected to the ballot. By the way, some of them couldn't object. Why not? Why You might say, Rob, why couldn't some of them object? They weren't even there. I got a letter here from people who weren't even there during this ballot. Now, how embarrassing is that? This is such petty politics. This is so uh, non-substantive, and this is what makes uh, uh, groups look bad. When people from the outside look in and they say, that's what you guys are doing? You're a bunch of children? You're, You're making up stuff? They complained, by the way. They said, well, there were three ballots. There was only one ballot, Dave. There were two previous attempts at ballots. They produced a ballot. Someone said, oh, you made a mistake here. I said, oh, okay, wait. We'll come back. We're gonna fix it. So there were early attempted ballots that were fixed, and then in their letter they say, "Well, they did this in these earlier attempted ballots. Hey, and fixed it, and fixed it, and on the actual ballot, no objections lodged, and yet now." Under the cover of darkness, in quiet, like Soviet apparatchiks trying to unseat the uh, power of democracy and the electorate. They go behind everyone's back. Don't mention it at today's meeting, uh, excuse me, at yesterday's meeting and try to disenfranchise 71 Republican elected, duly elected delegates from Pulaski County for shame. I'm embarrassed for these pre- people, Dave.
2: All right. Now, how how is this playing out? In fact, I'll ask the question. I'll let you answer it when we come back. Yeah, but sure. what what is the state party yeah. saying about the delegates that are showing up? We'll ask you that question and get your answer from it. When we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Hey, don't forget about uh, David Lucas. In fact, David Lucas Financial, I'm going to talk about his sister who has an article today on uh, Fox News. I want to talk a little bit about that, but uh, that's coming up a little later at this hour. But uh, she's a, a great conservative writer i think you need to hear about her but david lucas financial wants you to know everybody's saying you should have about 15 percent of precious metals in your nest egg well how do you go about buying it i mean how do you how do you purchase it and when you purchase it if you get the gold do they send it in the mail or what i mean i don't know i don't know how they they work all that out i don't know if you get a a certificate you got to go to a bank or or how it works out so uh you need to know all of this stuff so give David Lucas financial a call and they're going to you know help you figure out how to handle all of this 5012223315 is the number 5012223315 uh You'll learn more about buying silver and gold from David Lucas Financial. Again, the number 501-222-3315. Investment advisory services are offered through David Lucas Financial and Arkansas Registered Investment Advisor. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. Good to have you along. Uh, Robert Steinbach is with me for this final hour of the show today on a Friday. Remember, I'm out next week, and Robert will be here Monday. Uh, I'm sure you'll bring him up to date on the uh, state. Uh, meeting that's uh, taking place on Saturday. Wish I wasn't on the Patriot Tour that I could be there for that, but I'll miss that as well. And uh, then on Tuesday we'll have uh, State Senator Kim Hammer. Wednesday Alan Kerr. Thursday Ken Yang. Friday back with Robert Steinbach to wrap it all up while I'm on the road on the Patriot Tour. Uh, Robert's here. I left him with a question and that is what is the state convention saying? I mean you got this letter now that's challenging all these delegates to the state that's convention right. uh, has the state uh you know party said anything to you?
1: Uh, they have invited us at four p m today at the Republican Party headquarters downtown Little Rock to meet with the credentials committee, which we will do, and I am inviting everybody to come down and show their support and anybody was at that meeting uh, come down because we may call you as witnesses as well uh so that's what's happening now and let's see I don't even know who's on that uh, credentials committee but I'm going to be representing uh the delegates uh, and we'll see what happens. This is a question of democracy. And as I mentioned to you before the break, uh, the folks that are objecting, some of whom weren't even at the relevant meeting, are objecting because of two reasons. A internecine dispute between the North Little Rock Republican Women's Group and the Little Rock Republican Women's Group, uh, and obviously any dispute between those folks or folks within those groups, I should be clear, uh, has nothing to do with uh, electing our county delegates to the state convention for Saturday. And uh, as has been admitted by several folks now, uh, old-timers, Saying, "Well, we just don't like these uh, new upstarts coming in and quote taking over our party." Last time I checked, that's called democracy. That's called an election. You don't like you don't like it, vote the other way, and you likely did. But guess what? Looks like you lost. So, uh, as um, Barack Obama said uh, quite correctly, uh, notwithstanding that I'm not a fan of his, uh, elections have consequences, and you lost
2: okay so i gotta uh, i i need to ask i mean credentials what kind of credentials are you supposed do, do you guys got like a, a photo id you got to show or something
1: right. the photo id with the badge that we keep in the back pocket like the fbi when we show up on the on the doorstep with the white shirt and the uh, khaki pants i mean is there saying, a, a letter uh,
2: that you're supposed to have or something i mean i i've not heard this how do they de- determine credentials
1: I have no idea, uh, and I have no idea why it's called that, uh, but I guess they're the ones that are supposed to determine whether or not uh, the uh, vote was proper. Let me emphasize the point that I raised with you before the break, Dave. No one filed an objection at the time to the ballot. That,
2: no was, what, None of these that was like three weeks ago, wasn't it?
1: That's right. That's right. And not one of these uh, folks on the letter... Stated an objection and nobody else did an objection. To be clear, as I mentioned before the break, one person initially did state an objection and then withdrew his objection. And by the way, what are the objections to the ballot that was actually? Well, you see, there were some typos on the ballot. And, and and the elected, not all the elected officials had their title on the ballot. Wait, so if it says John Smith, but it doesn't say Representative John Smith, that's erroneous? That's not erroneous. Oh, if you use the letter E instead of the letter I, is that erroneous? That's not erroneous. Here's the funny part. After the person made that motion and then withdrew it, challenging the ballot, I, Rob Steinbach, made a motion, said, let's. Have anybody who sees any typographical errors, uh, including the person who initially raised that objection, state where they see the typographical errors. We will announce them out loud, and everybody, please correct them on your ballot right now. That happened. So there were zero errors because all the, you know, oh, oh, my gosh, you had an E instead of an A. Okay, well, if you think it's a big deal, and an A, it was fixed everybody corrected their ballots so how could so the one ballot that we had for which there was no objection to which there was initially an objection withdrawn about typos those typos were corrected that's how empty of a complaint this is but as i said It's got nothing to do with the ballot. It's got everything to do with a a battle between two women's groups in Pulaski County and the hangers-on from the old guard who are desperately trying to maintain their grip on power when they have already lost it. We're going to have a new chair of that committee. The Pulaski County uh, Republican Party will not have the same chair that it has. And all of the elected officials, I uh, I predict, will be replaced with true, conservative patriots
2: all right so yeah i'll have to wait till you text me and tell me what happens tomorrow that's right or that's tell right. me what happens tell me tonight what happened at four o'clock because right. that's going to be an interesting meeting to say at least i'm sure
1: amen brother amen
2: yeah i'd that's be it. there but i'll be packing
1: Oh, I know it. No, no. Listen, Dave, we appreciate everything that you do. You're standing for democracy. You're standing for constitutional principles. And you're understanding that when 71 delegates are duly elected to their positions, uh, that we don't want to hear from a bunch of cronies and uh, infighting uh, Republican women's groups whose beef has nothing to do with the proper ballot and everything to do with other fights political fights personal fights all right that they have
2: hold on we got to take a yeah, break sir. we got local news let's get to that then we'll come back and finish up this day all right back with you dave Ellswick's show and um i talked about david lucas financial last half hour well what you don't know unless you listen to my show for a long time that david lucas's sister Uh, is a uh, very good conservative writer. And I've had her on a couple of times, and I wanted to talk about a new article she has uh, posted today on uh, Fox News. And uh, let me bring you up on this story, because it's it's an interesting story. You'll have some things to say about this, Robert, I'm sure. More than Mm -hmm. 80 House Democrats have recently introduced a resolution that they call The Trans Bill of Rights. The authors claim it would ensure that transgender and non-binary people are, as the lead sponsor, Representative Marie Newman, put it, quote, free to live as their authentic self, unquote. In practice, though, the Trans Bill of Rights guts protections and programs for biological women. Every American must now decide... Do I support this vision of trans rights or do I stand for women's rights? It is impossible to support both because they're in direct conflict. The press materials promoting the Trans Bill of Rights focuses on the idea of inclusivity, personal fulfillment, and preventing the bullying and mistreatment of LGBTQ plus and gender nonconforming communities – All of which sounds very nice. Of course, Americans oppose bullying and want everyone treated with kindness and respect. But the uh, Trans Bill of Rights just isn't a feel-good statement of support or warning against bullying. It has serious legal implications, particularly for women. Check this out. This This gets really interesting now. The Trans Bill of Rights would redefine the term sex... Under the Civil Rights Act to include gender identity and sex characteristics, unquote, and prohibit public accommodations and federally funded programs from offering spaces and programs exclusively for women. In other words, it would become illegal to take into account sex or, quote, sex characteristics, unquote, And single-sex facilities would cease to exist. If a female athletic team cannot discriminate against males, then men will dominate competitions meant for women. If women's locker rooms, rape crisis centers, and domestic violence shelters are required to take in men, women's privacy and security will be compromised. If men are allowed to opt into women's prisons, then female prisons will prisoners will face uh, physical uh, uh, harm as well. So uh, we already see this happening today. Female athletes around the country are being forced to compete against physically advantaged biological males. NCAA swimmer Leah Thomas is the most notorious example. With the NCAA just last week selecting Leia as the Female Athlete of the Year, that was a slap in the face to all female swimmers who have spent their lives training and competing without the benefits of testosterone and having undergone puberty as a male. And it goes on and on about this. And then last but not least, let me throw in Florida, because out in Florida— The assistant human uh, HHS secretary suggested that Florida's trans athlete bill, which says you got to be a female to compete against females, will contribute to mental health issues with trans athletes. Well, I think that goes both ways. I think it would be a, a mental problem for a woman who's trained all of her life to uh to be a, a superior athlete and then suddenly finds yourself in a swimming pool or whatever uh competing against a male you don't think there's not some you know mental issues there as well this has gotten out of hand robert what's your what what's your thought on this
1: well Dave, you're exactly right it's gotten out of hand and as i've always said on your show Uh, We need to respect everybody, and we do. You and I and many others do. So if someone decides that they want to present as a woman, notwithstanding that they're born as a man, That's their uh, prerogative, prerogative, as long as it doesn't otherwise interfere with the rights of other people. So that means no, even though a man decides to present as a woman, doesn't mean that that man is entitled to use... The women's showers, bathrooms, or compete on women's sports. Uh, but, you know, you want to show up to the supermarket or the school or whatever it is presenting uh, as a woman, notwithstanding you're born as a male? That's, that's up to you. I'm not here to dictate how you live your life. But you can't impose that on others in a way that interferes with their privacy, and that's the bathrooms and the showers, of course, or their right uh, to competition, which we've recognized in Title IX, uh, that's a federal law that recognizes the separation of women's sports from men's sports. So you will have eliminated that... Uh, that law that was designed by liberals for the benefit of women uh, pursuant to the women's rights movement. That's the irony here, is now the left is seeking to eviscerate the successes gained by liberals in the women's rights movement. It's really bizarre.
2: Well, it sounds like, you know, they understand what you're saying about Title IX. I've been arguing that from the very get-go on all of this. Mm -hmm. And this Bill of Rights, evidently, would redefine the term sex under the Civil Rights Act to include gender identity and sex characteristics. That's what they're trying to do. They need to change that to be able to make this work.
1: Right. Look, the the last in the last 20, maybe longer years, uh, have been Taking language and saying it has no meaning, and then imbuing it with whatever political goals they have, so no longer do we, can we even communicate because words don 't mean what words mean yes, of course there 's a level of indeterminacy in all language because we made up language right it doesn 't not science just, it just we made it up it 's convention that 's why French people speak French, and we speak English because it 's all made up. But here's the thing, Dave, there's no way that if I said to you uh, the color black and then the color white and I handed you two pieces of paper, one of each, you would not be able to distinguish them. You would. Right. So, yes, is there such a thing as gray? Of course there is. So there is always ambiguity. But but there is plenty of information in language that is not ambiguous. We know what it means to be a man. We know what it means to be a woman. And transgender folks, as I say, deserving of respect and not uh, being bullied uh, and they should be treated nicely, nonetheless are not entitled to change the meaning of men versus women so that men can play on female sports, women's sports, or men can go into women's showers and bathrooms. That is simply not common sense. For the life of me,
2: I don't even understand what the argument is from the other side about that. And I don't understand why there's so many people that are just capitulating on this argument. It's so, as you just said, black and
1: white. Mm -hmm. Well, when you have Martina Navratilova, uh, a a world-famous tennis star from the 70s and 80s, I think, uh, who happens, by the way, to be gay, I mention that simply to say there's often uh, some political alliance between the gay and transgender movement, and she says that the attempt to have transgender men play on female sports is wrong, Uh, that is telling information from a sports insider as to whether women's sports will ever exist, if we
0: right,
2: we just lost, we just we just lost, Robert. We'll get him back.
1: Oh, uh, can there you hear me?
2: You, yeah, you're back now. Go ahead.
1: Oh. I was just saying, you know, when Martina Navratilova uh, is on the side of separate sports for men and women, uh, and she is a liberal, and she happens to be gay, uh, but she understands biology, and she is a world-renowned uh, athlete. You know, she was at the top of the game when she was younger, of course, uh, of tennis. Uh, and so uh, when she is saying, you can't have men who identify as women play. On women's sports, if you ever want to continue to have women's sports as a category, uh, that says a lot.
2: Yeah, I I would agree with that wholeheartedly. All right, let's take a break. Nancy Hogshead is another athlete that has been on that. She won an Olympic medal, a couple of Olympic medals, and I only know that I know her because I received a uh, an award from the National Federation of uh, Women's Sports for my coverage of fast pitch softball. Uh, in high school for women and at the table i was sitting at i was sitting with nancy and uh, also with suzanne butcher you remember suzanne butcher you remember that name i don't all right she was the first woman to win the the iditarod in alaska oh wow it it was it was an interesting evening because i was sitting there and she had her her lead dog was with her Oh that's cool. <laughs> it was it was an interesting uh, inter- uh evening and uh I went uh out with uh, Nancy Hogshead after the show and we went to Stringfellows which at that time was one of the hottest discos in <laughs> New York City. Anyway, I take a break here and then we'll come back and we'll finish it up uh for a uh Friday with Robert Steinbach, of course, law professor over at Bowen School of Law. His opinions are his and his alone. Don't forget about ICU protection. Man, if you don't have Billy Max ICU protection at your home or at your business, you're missing out. One, you're missing out on a great price that you're going to pay for service. You're missing out that you won't be paying any money for the hardware they're going to put into your house. And uh, you're missing out on uh, the, the company that takes care of Nuke One. Now they're going to take care of your house or take care of your business. They'll take care of your door and window sensors. They'll take care of your motion detectors. You get yourself a doorbell camera, or you can get yourself a camera put up in other areas around your house and you'll know if anybody's coming up on your house before they know that they're coming up on your house because they put the the the, 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 the all of the pictures go on your uh, your your smartphone just as soon as it detects them boom right there in front of you talk to billy mack about this it's icu protection. OK, I see you protection. All you got to do is call him 501-205-1333. Oh, by the way, I am one of his customers. Robert, I know you love it when I bring some New York politics in once in a while. And I, I, I got a great story for you. You know, we kind of our, kept our fingers crossed that when Hochul took over as governor there in uh, in New York, uh, it would be a, a turn for the better. It doesn't look that way, though. A New York City Whoa. family has given the governor, uh, her campaign, hundreds of thousands of dollars, $300,000 plus, to be exact, while the state has paid the family's company more than half a million dollars. Uh, entrepreneur Charlie hmm. Tabbili, uh donated close to $300,000 to... Uh, it's Hochul, right? Her campaign, according to an investigative report by the Times Union, which was published Tuesday. Meanwhile, New York paid hundreds of million do- millions of dollars for COVID tests to their company, to uh, Tbilis. That's Digital Gadgets. Since December, the New York Health Department has paid Digital Gadgets $637 million in taxpayer funds for COVID test kits, records show, the health department reportedly did not conduct any competitive bidding before ordering the COVID tests from the company and paying it the enormous sum of money. Hmm. Sounds interesting, doesn't it?
1: Well, it's, you know, unfortunately it's sad, but it's more the same. Uh, we were just talking before the break about cronyism and corruption going on here and attempted uh, at the uh, Pulaski County Republican Party. Uh, and I said uh, today on your show that one of the problems with uh, the democratic form of government, which is the best form of or, or to paraphrase Winston Churchill, the worst form of government next to all the others is this type of these type of problems uh and so we always have to be vigilant to fight against them
2: hmm. interesting i agree you got to take care of it now i want to leave people with a, a, a good taste in your mouth today i mean we're down to about four minutes remaining here uh for the show you remember bo jackson the great football Rise, baseball Rise player yes. yes all right yes and then he got tackled in a football game, and it screwed up his hip, and he it ended his his sports career. Basically, here is a story that has come out, just got out, that uh, says a lot about Bo Jackson. He paid for all of the Uv- Uvalde children's funerals down wow. in Texas. Wow! He, he picked up the tab for them. Not right. a, they yeah. didn't they didn't know a a penny. After it was right, all said, right. and, uh, and this is a guy, you know, he don't need to do any kind of, you know, promotion for right. himself. He's he's Mr., you know, super athlete, and people mm-hmm. remember when he played. I'm trying to think, Bo, Bo ran for Georgia, wasn't it? Didn't I think he played for Georgia? I'm just... I'm, oh, I don't know. Or yeah. I know Herschel did. I, I'm not sure if Bo did. But anyway, maybe... I'll look it up to make sure, and I'll correct it if I'm wrong. Because I know if he's from some other SEC team, I'll never hear the end of it if I don't uh, clarify it. So I got to—I'll have to do that. But uh, anyway, uh, I think when you hear a good turn like that, you got to let people know about it. You just got Indeed. to let people know about it and so Indeed. i'm doing I'm, I'm doing that right now so just to let you know all right so do you know what you're going to do on monday have you been putting any thought to it yet
1: well, of course, uh, tonight and or this afternoon, 4 p.m. at the Republican Party and tomorrow uh, at the state convention uh, for the Republican Party tonight, the Republican Party headquarters downtown Little Rock um, over this credentials issue. And tomorrow, the state convention uh, strikes me as the most likely topics that we will be talking about on the Dave Ellswick show on um, Monday morning, starting at 6 a.m., uh, 6 to 8 and then picking back up. At nine, uh, and so I think we'll have plenty to talk about, Dave.
2: Yeah, I think you probably, <laughs> I think you mm-hmm. probably will. I think you'll have something to do. All right, Auburn, Bo Jackson was a war eagle, all right? <laughs> there you go. Before, before the letters come in. Yeah, before... the telegram. Yeah, I, I don't want you to have to deal with that Monday, brother. I'm just saying. Indeed. All Indeed. right, so he, he was uh, with Auburn. Uh, 1982, 1985. I believe he's the... Now, I'm going to say this, and I don't know if it's true or not, but I believe he is one of only two... Uh, collegiate athletes that were all Americans in baseball and football. I think that that that's the case. He may, in fact, he may be the only one that did that. Interesting. He's a, interesting. He was a great, great athlete, to say the least. All right, dude. I'm gonna let you get out of here. I appreciate you joining me for all three hours today. You did a great
1: job. Well, thank you so much. Always my pleasure to be on the Dave Ellsworth Show. As usual. Did a great
2: job. All right. Robert Steinbach, be back Monday at 6 a.m. He'll be here uh, to join you. Uh, I'm going I'm to send you some stuff for people who are out there, if you want guests or anything like that, uh, national yeah. guests, so I'll send that to you as well. You have a great afternoon, Robert. And
1: we look forward to you calling in on Monday, Dave.
2: I will call in. I will call in and Wonderful. talk to you. I'll, I'll, call, I'll call from where Pickett's Charge happened. Terrific! Look All forward right, to it. talk to you later, brother. All right, Progress. Robert Steinbach here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Remember, he, he is a uh, law professor over at Bowen School of Law, and uh, a good friend of mine. And uh, you know, he can get worked up. Just telling you, he can get worked up. You know, he's he's one of those people. He's going to have his say and to have care and Carrie lucas it was great to have her article that was a good article she had about this trans bill of rights and just more from the democrats and the left they just never ever quit all right i'm in the on the trip for the patriot tour uh be getting on to the motor coach at 8 a.m in the morning heading out from little rock tours and uh, Then the next stop would be uh, uh, where we're going, Lexington, I think it is, in Kentucky. So that's where we'll be staying overnight, and then from there on our way to Gettysburg uh, for Monday. So I'm looking forward to that as well. I'll uh, be on the shows during the week letting you know what we're doing. I'm going to send a bunch of pictures back. And we'll make sure that we get them posted so you can see what's going on from all of you who have been letting me know that you're going to be there as well. I'll see you tomorrow, all right? Make sure you pack some snacks. You'll need it while you're on the motor coach. All right, I'm taking a break. I'll see you again in about a week. Uh, here on the Dave Ellswick Show, starting at 6 a.m. on August the 1st. I said the 2nd. It's August the 1st, so I'll be back with you. Have a great weekend. Try to stay cool. We'll get back together soon here on the Dave Ellswick Show.